welcome to another edition of Old Baptist Weekly. We're so glad you joined us. Uh, we hope you came praying. We're privileged tonight to have one of our own uh, preach for us, Elder Mike Hughes. How are you doing, Brother Mike? I'm doing well, Brother Dan. How are you? Uh, doing, it's, it's Wednesday night. I'm having a wonderful time. Um, tell us where you're serving at, Brother Mike. I serve uh, Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church in uh, Purcell, Oklahoma, which is just south of Oklahoma City. Uh, we are praying for you tonight, Brother Mike. Um, and also, we have on with us tonight Elder uh, John Wallace Thrower. How you doing, Brother John? Doing great. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys. Uh, uh, Brother John is uh, filling in tonight for uh, Brother Jerry, so we just swap one California boy for another, uh, <laughs> and we're 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 thrilled for uh, John to sit in on the panel with us tonight. And with that, we're going to ask Brother John if he'd lead us in a word of prayer. Most holy and all wise God, first Lord, we thank you. We thank you for watching over us from the earliest of our days down to this present moment in time. We thank you for the many, many blessings you have so freely bestowed on us. And Lord, we ask that you would go with us this evening, be the words that come out of the mouth of this dear brother, season them from on high, and able to hear us of these words, to listen to them and sink down in their hearts and minds and live them out in their daily lives. Bless this panel, Lord, these brethren that have been doing this for a long time. We thank you for them. We thank you for their desire to continue to educate old Baptists. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to bless all of us, the churches that we represent. Bless those that are among us that are sick and afflicted, Lord. Bless those that are in our government. And bless this meeting tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. And with that, Brother Mike, the floor is yours. Thank you, brother. And thank you, Brother John. I appreciate that sweet and humble prayer. Beg that you uh, might continue to pray for us this evening. Um, I have something on my mind that has been uh, with me for some time and um, doesn't seem to go away. So I trust the Lord is, is in it. And uh, if you'll pray this evening, we hope we can look at this topic just for a little while and uh, maybe glean some things from it. And I'll certainly look forward to hearing uh, the thoughts of this panel. Uh, <clears throat> in the third chapter of Proverbs, Solomon has um, a thought that he uh, presents to us where he talks about trust. Trust is a uh, unique characteristic, if you will. Um, Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not un unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. And he continues on and, and says some of the benefits that having that trust in the Lord and looking to the Lord uh, gives us. But trust is, is something that, and, and I don't want to uh, confuse this with, with faith. Uh, faith is, of course, we know that assurance that God gives us. Uh, it's not something of ourselves. It's what the Lord gives us. 
And in trust, we are enabled to, to have a bold confidence or a security, if you will, in those truths of God and what he tells us of his work and his plan for us. And so we have a sure security that we can trust in him. And Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, not just passing, but all thine heart. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And so both of these characteristics, if you will, kind of go hand in hand when we think of them. And certainly in the day that we live, trust is um, something that uh, we need to have in a lot of different ways. And, and uh, we have to trust in people and we have to trust in things in this uh, complicated world that we live in. And I'll just share a, a little personal experience that I've had recently and bear with me on this. But most of you know that I've had um, a hip replacement uh, just about a month ago. And um, as I was getting ready for that surgery, um, the doctor said, I'd, I'd like for you to come in and get a CT scan. And I said, well, well what is this for? And he said, well, we need to get the measurements for the robot. And uh, I didn't know at the time beforehand that uh, the surgery was going to be done by a robot. Of course, the doctor would control it and so forth. So immediately my experience and my technical background, I start asking questions. And when I went in for uh, the scan and so forth, I asked the technician, what uh, units of measurement are we using today? And he said, metric. And I was satisfied with that. And then as we got closer in, into the day of the surgery, um, one of the doctors came in and I said, okay, we've got these uh, measurements. Uh, they're in metric, I understand. What is the robot programmed in? Is he programmed for metric or is he programmed for English? Uh, measurements. And he said, oh, no, no, it's, it's metric. And um, those simple questions kind of gave me a little bit more trust in what was going on. And you may say, well, uh, why would you even ask those questions? And we all know the answer to that, um, because humans are frail, and we make mistakes. And in my uh, career, I know how easily it is to confuse measurements and numbers. And even the best, uh, no matter what uh, capabilities they may have or the procedures that are in place, mistakes can happen. And so as we got down to the time for surgery, I felt a lot more confident, felt more trustworthy, if you will. But it wasn't in the fact of what had been done necessarily by men. I began to feel a deeper trust in God that he would deliver me through this. That he would 
guide and direct. And still something could happen, as we all know, not to the, uh, you know, could be out of the hands of the doctors or the technicians or even the people that designed the robot and so on and so forth could be out of their hands. Something could happen. And I might wake up in glory, which would have been fine. But we are given by the Lord an eye of faith to see some of these beauties that he has for his own. But we also are enabled to walk in trust of the Lord and to have a security in the Lord that he knows what's going on even before we ask. It's not to say that we don't walk in faith. We walk in faith of the Lord. But he gives us that faith to walk in. And we can exercise that faith. And so my thoughts are brought over to 2 Corinthians letter of the Apostle Paul. And in this third chapter, I'm not going to get into it very deep right now. But he is um, speaking to that little band and reading in the first verse, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? And he makes a statement, ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. So I think the apostle is clearly defining that he looks to that preaching that might have been done or the time that he and the other brethren have spent with this little band and seeing their faith, seeing their, their trust in God. He is also saying that we trust through Christ to Godward, that he will do the work. It's not of men, but God will write those things upon the fleshy tables of the heart. Men may speak them. Men may bring them. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, it is poured out by God's will upon us. And not in tables of stone or paper or anything else, but in the very tables of the heart. That's where God works. And so I think the apostle is giving this credit to God for sure. But he states clearly, we're not sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. And how humbling that is to consider in our day and time 
that the brother had such trust of the Lord to know. You may say, well, he was walking in faith. Yes, he was, but he also trusted in God that what he might have brought forth to this little band, the Lord would take care of that and open those truths fully unto them in a way perhaps that man is not able to. And so here, I think that that trust that Paul is speaking of gives a feeling of security in the Lord that he can feel that there's burden that he carries of speaking in the Lord's name and serving the Lord as he's been called. And we all know his experience on the road to Damascus and his conversation with Christ and how the man was changed and how the man was moved. And that he would even express that there was a time in his life here after that, that he prayed three times that the Lord would remove a thorn from his flesh. But the Lord came to him and said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And I feel like that the apostle could receive that feeling of security, if you will, and continue on. And we need that feeling of security from our Lord from time to time. Because to trust in man is a negative thing. The psalmist has an expression for that. I want to look at... Uh, over here to uh, at the 146th Psalm. And he says, put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. Now, he's not speaking of Christ, but he's talking about man. And a prince, someone who has recognition or authority, if you will, in society, someone that we might feel would be very trustworthy because of his position. The psalmist says, don't put our trust in him, nor in any man, but we have our trust in the Lord. And so, as Paul says, such trust have we through Christ to God, and we look to him, the author and finisher of our faith that we might follow him as closely as we can. And so I want to go over to an experience that Peter had. I shared that little experience that I had uh, just recently where, you know, as you face those unknowns, the only thing you can do is trust in the Lord and, and continue on. But, I want to look at Matthew 14, if you'll turn with me there. <clears throat> and Brother Mike, I promised that I wouldn't get off into nautical areas tonight, but uh, you uh, forgive me. I want to touch on this. I think it's something that... Uh, would be good for us to consider, but Matthew 14, uh, we have 
the disciples were in a, a ship and uh, the Lord had gone up to a mountain to part to pray. And when the evening was come, this is reading about the 23rd verse, he was there alone. And the ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And so in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Here's the man that could walk on water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. And straightway, Jesus said unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. How have we heard that still small voice in the night when he says, Be not afraid, it is I. It is I, Christ, and be not afraid. And Peter asked him, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. The Lord says, come. So Peter goes over the side of the ship, and he's walking on the water out to the Lord. But when he took his eyes off Christ, began to see the, the sea and its the wind and how it was so contrary, he became afraid, began to sink. And he cried, Lord, save me. And immediately, there was no hesitation. There wasn't any conversation to take place here. There wasn't any, well, I don't know whether I will or not, or I'm busy or something of that nature. It says immediately. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Wherefore didst thou doubt? And so when they came into the ship, the wind ceased. So what is it that we trust? Solomon says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. But here we have Peter the man. He was walking on water. What an amazing thing, an experience that he had. And yet, when he just momentarily takes his eyes off the Lord and looks and becomes afraid again, he begins to sink. But he knew who to cry out to. And the Lord knew what his situation was. The Lord knows our situation. And how we should consider some of these examples that are left for us in the ministry of Christ so many times he would speak to the disciples. O thou of little faith, O ye of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So we look around us in this world, and maybe there are things that we trusted in at one time, institutions, whatever they might be, maybe people, 
that we've known a long time and something has changed. And as the psalmist said, put not our trust in princes or men, but our trust is to be in the Lord. Where else can we go? He knows our situation. Christ knew Peter's situation when he began to sink. He knew exactly. Now, I don't think, it's just my opinion, you may see differently. I don't think if he hadn't cried out for the Lord to help him, I don't think the Lord would have forsook him. I think he would have been there anyway. Pulled him out. So how many times can we all think of how we fail to cry out to the Lord, knowing that he is the one that can help us. And we've muddled along, and then he still pulls us out. He still is there. And so our faith may be weak. Our trust may be weak. And oh, the disciples would say, Lord, increase our faith. I pray that he not only increase our faith, but he enable us to increase our trust in what he's done and what is there for us. And to know that tomorrow is in his hands and that we can look forward to that day when we're going to see and we're going to be changed, likened unto his image. And all these things will be understood. And we will see those truths. And so, as we continue on, we've often said that we should walk in faith. And I think in our day and time, we should also consider to walk in trust of what God has done and set in place to trust that it will be there. Because as much as we see that in that Ephesian verse that we often go to, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Yes, there was faith that the Father had in the Son, and the Son had in the Father. And I believe that Christ trusted the Father, that he would carry out as much as the Father trusted in the Son, that he would carry on. They had that strong faith. And the gift that he has given us by grace and having this hope that we have through faith and imputing that faith unto us, that we might exercise it as we walk in this world. And that he has given us his word that we can refer to and to learn of these things that he has done and the gift that he has given us. And not of our works, not of anything that we have done, but to consider that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So often it seems like 
that people began to lose trust in this world. They lose trust in their fellow friends or associates. They lose trust in things around them. They lose trust in God. But aren't we thankful that he's never lost trust? And Christ is still on the right hand of the Father. And we are his workmanship, created with a purpose in Christ Jesus unto those good works which he hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And we may say, well, what are those? Are there some simple list here that we can we can find? Well, his word is full of those things that he has set forth. But I think the simple thing that we should consider is to walk in faith, walk in trust, and to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what Christ has told us. For indeed, the Lord is with us. He's not forsaken us, nor willing. And we can trust that he will be with us even unto the end. So may we walk in this faith and trust of the Lord. That we look unto him from each day that we might consider those truths. For as the apostle said, we walk by faith and not sight. Peter was walking by sight on the water, wasn't he? And when he took his eyes off the Lord, he began to sink. But we see through the eye of faith, not the sight that we have now. We see those glorious truths that he has for us, promises that he has made, and they stand sure and will stand until time is no more. So may we go on looking to the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith, and that we might consider one thought. I'm going to look over in the fourth chapter of this same Second Corinthian letter. As the apostle says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And so the apostle can say, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. And may his word go forth and continue to go forth as he would use the voice of men to proclaim his righteousness to his people, to proclaim those truths that he has set forth, to proclaim those promises that are sure and steadfast, that we might enjoy the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that we might rest in that security of knowing that our Lord has accomplished that work, and that it is settled, and that we have nothing to do with this ourselves, but nothing less than to worship the most high God of heaven and earth. 
and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. I pray that some of these thoughts might be worthwhile and to the glory of the Lord. Thank you for your kind attention this evening. Pray that the Lord might bless us together as we continue on, that we might walk closer in faith and trust, that we might see a glimpse of that heavenly glory as he might open just a little portion of heaven to us from time to time, and that we might enjoy that and to know that there's coming that day when we'll be with him and all those that have gone before. And we'll know, even as we're known, as the apostle says, may the Lord bless you. It's our prayer. Thank you most kindly. And amen to that, brother. Amen, dear brother. Yes, amen. Amen. Uh, Well, it has fallen on me to take the first go of it. So first of all, I'll just say amen and amen, Brother Mike. Um, I really enjoy the distinction that you made between faith and trust. Um, and so I have, um, (laughs) I, so I'm trying to process these vocabulary words in my head just to make sure that I, I think I got it. So I have faith that he can do it. So I will trust him to do it. Yes. Okay. Um, It it seems that trust means to understand, accept, and rejoice in the fact that there are processes and actions that are only available to God. That's right. That, That he is, that there's us, and we have things that we can do, obviously. I mean, uh, we, we have things, uh, in our relationship with God that we can do of ourselves. I mean, we need to follow the leadership of the spirit, be blessed to do so, but that's our effort, but our effort has a limit. Our effort, there's a, there's a cap to it. And, um, that is infuriating for us mere mortals, <laughs> right? Yes. We want we want to have our our toes dipped in everything, uh, and to somehow be involved. Like it's just, man, I just don't know if this is going to get done if I'm not in some way involved i gotta put forth this effort so that make sure that this gets done if i don't do it nobody else is going to do it it's not going to get done right you know and uh there's definitely an element to that i i would assume in in business you know specifically with those of us that have uh crafts and trades of our own where we feel a very specific way about how we do things and uh and and a lot of the time it feels like that uh if you don't do it, it's not going to either be done or be done well. Um, that does not translate to our spiritual life. And that's, uh, that's one of those things where we kind of need to recalibrate. Where, um, <coughs> well, here's, here's a fun analogy. 
This might be a little silly, but I'm a visual guy, and so here's a here's a bit of a visual I think that's really good. And uh, I promise I won't take too much of your time, Dave. I promise. I promise I'm not taking time. Uh, okay, so <sighs> there was a football game on last week that ended in a very dramatic field goal. And um, when that goal was kicked and the football was up in the air, everybody was panicking because mm. nobody had any faith that this kicker was actually going to make this field goal. Mm. Nobody felt good about it. We mm. all felt, I mean, and it turned out he was he didn't make it anyway, you know, mm. so we, but we were all panicking, you know, we're just watching this football <laughs> game. Here it comes down to the wire. We got this field goal that's getting ticked. It goes up in the air, and nobody has any peace or any rest <coughs> whatsoever about it. Okay. <coughs> Different scenario. Let's say there's some way that we knew we had a kicker that in no way, shape, or form would ever miss this field goal. Ever. Like, you know for a scientific fact, this guy is going to make this field goal. Well, are you are you panicking? No, 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 no. I'm heading for the parking lot so I can beat traffic. Like the game's over. The kick has not happened yet. But because I have faith in the kicker, I trust that he's going to kick it right and I can rejoice in what has not yet happened. Yeah. Like that is the power of trust. That I mean, and you, I'll just you can extract football from this analogy, <laughs> and just look at it for for the like emotional and spiritual quality involved with how you feel when these events happen. If if this this football's up in the air, I know it's going to go in. I'm already happy. I'm already excited. <coughs> the game's already over. It's already won. <coughs> And then I get to see it and go in, and I rejoice in that too, but that doesn't change the fact that I was already rejoicing. In a microcosm of that, like, isn't that essentially what we're trying to do with, with life? Like, heaven's coming, but why wait? Yeah. Right? Rejoice. Do you have faith that Jesus Christ mm -hmm. died for your sin? Do you, do you have faith that he could do all that? If you have faith that he could do that, then you can trust that it is done. You can trust that there's heaven, and you can experience this immense joy before it even happens. Okay, extract that even further into situations in our lives. There are all sorts of things that I just like... Okay, Lord, I'm just having to place this with you. Like when I moved back to Dallas and and uh I I I had there were 500 things on the list involving the move that I had no control over. One being I had no idea how I was going to get a new job or where I was going to land. But and I don't know why this happens every now and then. I, I I really don't know why, but I had this incredibly strong feeling that God was going to take care of me on that, that I was going to have a job. At no point that entire summer that I was moving back to Dallas, 
did I ever feel worry or panic. I trusted my God that he was going to get me a job. And that's exactly what happened. And so it's the same amount of time that I had to wait to get the job, but the time that I'm spending waiting for it is not in a self-inflicted, you know, torture chamber. I'm trusting my God, and therefore I'm living in his grace, actively. That's the power of trusting God. Uh, so thank you all for indulging my football analogy. Uh, that was a terrible football game. I wish I hadn't watched it. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know if you had any thoughts on, on any of that, Brother Mike. I, I think it's, it's exactly true because, you know, the example I gave of the surgery, looking back on that, if I hadn't have asked those questions, you know, about the, the numbers and things, that, that didn't matter. God was going to take care of it. He'd already taken care of it. I didn't have to be the one to, you know, straighten that out or find out if they were doing it right or wrong. Uh, Lord took care of it already. Yeah. And and I could feel, you know, what you were talking about is having that that feeling of security, you know, when when you came back and and you were, didn't know whether you're going to get a job or not, you still had a sense of security. Right. Because you could trust in the Lord that He would take care of it, and that's where I got to as well. You know, I don't need to be asking all these questions. These people, you know, the Lord's going to be here. I felt the Lord was going to be there, and He was. So I think that's that's where we end up. But we. We stress a lot, I think, as people on on all these things, you know, and uh, we kind of come back around and say, well, we need to walk in faith. That's true. But I think every now and then we need to step back and, and who is it that we're trusting in? You know, if we have faith in the Lord, then we should be able to trust him. Hmm. And uh, so thank you for that, brother. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for that message, Brother Mike. I'm going to pass the baton on to Brother Dave. Hey. So what you're saying, Daniel, if Jesus is our field goal kicker, uh, we ain't got nothing to worry about, right? That's, a, that's the point. That's it. Okay. But he is, right? He, he's our quarterback. He's the offense. Defense. Uh, he's a coach. He's he's a trainer. Uh, we're not even on the field. He, they're, they're right. Yeah. Uh, he he fought that one. Okay. All right. Now, brother Mike, you know, uh, the, at the end of uh, your and Daniel's conversation, the word you know those questions came up and. Um, but I want to go back to those questions. The questions that you asked uh, the doctor about your surgery in correlation to the subject at hand, because the, the, the answer to the questions that you received help your trust in the robot and the doctors and in the outcome of the surgery. I think it, yeah. I, right. I think, you know, in, in terms of answering the question, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, because to me and my 
professional background, if you'll permit me. Right. Uh, those are things I know that if, if they're not correct and there's going to be a mistake, okay. you know, it's going to be trouble. Right. So when they said, no, this is it. Mm-hmm. You just kind of, you know, you put your mind at ease is the expression that we use. Okay. But the more I thought about that laying there, yes, there was no other place to go, but, but the Lord. Well, of course. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and, Amen. and he was going to take care of it, whether I asked questions or not. And, okay. and uh, I was asking so many questions of this one doctor in, over in pre-op. He stopped for a minute and said, are you a surgeon? <laughs> no, I, said, well, I hope not. <laughs> we are in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we do silly things like that. Okay. All and, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that, that satisfies us at the moment. But the more you begin to think about it, and you think about, well, why am I asking these these questions? They don't they don't really matter. The Lord's going to take care of this. Well, it, did you uh, apologize to the doctor for asking those? Do you feel like you owe the doctor an apology? No. Are you going to write an apology to the doctor? Put it in the mail and send it to him. I don't think so. You're David. probably not because. In my opinion, you don't owe him an apology. This is your life. Uh, very stressful time. Uh, a lot depends upon the outcome of the surgery. You're, you are a technical guy. You're a nerd. You're a geek. Uh, you beat us all to that geekdom throne. You were one of the original geeks, Brother Mike Hughes. I get you. I get yes, because when you like going into that, I go like, Ask them about the metrics. We need them. They're going to, you know, like, they got a job. They got a job. The measurements that the robot's going to take and the measurements that the doctor uh, sends to the robot and whatnot, they better jive. And if they're not, then you're in a whole heap of trouble. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and and I'm leading to a point. So just indulge, indulge me a minute. <clears throat> My question, so did that help your trust, though, Brother Brother Mike, when you got the answers, I, I would I think they did because they jived. You asked questions, metric, metric, they jived. They did, they did Brother David. Okay. But, you know, ultimately, as I was laying there and, and thinking more about it, you know, I, I just had a, a an overwhelming peace that right. I knew was of the Lord, you know. Right. And, and I'd, I'd ask the questions, you got the answers, fine, it's fine. Right. But when it when it comes down to you know rubber meets the road, we're fixing to do this, you know. Right. He's the one. Because your trust was in the Lord. Ultimately. Yes. Ultimately. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, I've been I've been I've been on a hunt on this for for many many years about the subject of trust and how that correlates in our day to day life. You know where where we are walking. You know, we walk by faith, and then there's the trust, and we uh, we're finite, and we're God is infinite. Uh, and my mind has been drawn around this time of year to the conversation that the Lord had with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Yes. And I love that conversation. It's one of my favorite. And then the conversation with Mary and Elizabeth. Uh, when she went to see him and John leaping in a room for, you know, 
for joy and, 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 and all that. But when the angel told Mary, you know, made the announcement, uh, you know, you're, you're going to conceive, uh, you, you, you shall conceive in that womb, that I shall bring for a son, I shall call his name Jesus, he shall be gracious, you call the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Man, that's a lot to take. That is a lot to take. And so that, that's even more than our, we need to take measurements for the robot. Yeah. That, okay. But that was affecting you. This was affecting Mary personally. Yeah. And by implication, all of the Lord's people. Yes. Okay. And it's interesting that the first response of Mary to the angel was not submission. Uh, it was not grateful. It, it was it was a question. So not all questions are bad. But questions can help our trust. Yeah. And it's like we're not doubting you, Lord. Help us to understand why this is going to happen. This is not unsubmission. This is submission. But Father, help us to understand these things. And I think that to me is um, a very important piece of un in, in having trust. Uh, the question was: it was it wasn't a doubting God. It was, it was like, can you help me understand how this is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How shall I, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? Because I can't know a man. That would be wrong. Uh, how is this going to happen? And it was explained to her. And two, you know, one thing was told to her by the angel, and the very same thing was told to her by her cousin Elizabeth. You know, blessed art thou among women. Yeah. And her response to Elizabeth in, an, in the ultimate submission, which God helped us to get there, behold the handmaid yeah. of the Lord. Uh, now there's some trust. There is trust. She didn't ask for a technical manual on how she is to be the mother of the Messiah, mm -hmm. how she to produce offspring, not knowing the man. Uh, she didn't ask for a day-to-day, -day, you know, diary or a table of contents or a glossary, you know, a definition of terms. Just let me know how this is going to happen. Okay, we hold the handmaiden of the Lord. So not all questions are bad, but some questions are. I think it is fine. Lord, I'm submissive to your will. Can you help me understand a little bit about it? And I think that goes very... So there is, there is a... And this is what I've been chasing for many years. There is knowledge, wisdom... Those are biblical terms. And you started in Proverbs, and those are two of Solomon's favorite words. Knowledge, wisdom. Wisdom, that's right. 
but then there's also trust. There should not, it, there's, there's not a disconnect between knowledge, wisdom, and trust. There's a connection. They need, they go hand in hand in hand. And where does, one doesn't begin in the, where the other one ends. They all go in together. So therefore, I, I'm, I'm just saying, it's fine to ask the right questions, but make them submissive questions. Make them undoubting questions because we should never, ever, ever doubt the Lord. We should never doubt the Lord, no matter what the outcome is. And it goes down to the most, most wonderful thing that I learned when we're talking about matters like this. And when I talked to my father in the ministry of Bill Walden on the night of his quadruple bypass and I didn't I, I, I thought he was going to die I didn't trust the surgeons I didn't trust the Lord ultimately I didn't and I was scared and I went to Brother Walden's hospital bed for this man to comfort me mm-hmm. should have been the other way around right but I was an idiot and I needed my dad to help me, help me. And, and I said, Brother Bill, Brother Bill, Brother Bill, I, I pray that you survive this surgery. He said, not that, that David, stop. No. Don't you dare pray that. He said, you pray that the Lord will be done. Because if I survive, I get to hang, I get to be with Sister Francis. I get to be with the brethren. If I don't, I get to be with the Lord. Yeah, he said it's a win-win situation, and that like there's knowledge there, there's wisdom there, and there's trust there. Mm-hmm. And I get where you're coming from because I'm a tech guy. I want to know all the technology and what's going on. But ultimately, like we gotta just let that go. That's right. Yeah. That's right. My 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 now I will look under the hills, which comes with my help. My help it comes, comes with my help. And so trust in the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul. Lean not to thine own understanding. No, that, 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 that kicks us. That kicks us techno guys where it hurts. Big time. Amen. The information age, lean not to thine own understanding, but in all, how many of thy ways? All thy ways. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. So there's faith, there's trust. Knowledge, wisdom of God. Brother Bill comforted me, comforted me that night. And I have learned that lesson and relearned and learned more about that over the years. And, uh, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, I thought about my hospital experiences. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I got nothing but bad news from the doctors. And finally, I just went to the Lord and I got nothing but good news. Trust, just trust in me. And in a matter of hours, my life, my health, my condition turned right around, and I walked out. And God is amazing. And uh, I love to think about things like this. God bless us to think about things like this. Amen. It's terrible, bad, dark time. We need this. We need more conversations like this. And thank you. Thank you, my dear brother, Mike. For- well, love you, brother David. Thank you. Love you, you. So more than I can express. All right, Bro- Brother Daniel. Brother John. 
All right. First, first of all, Brother Mike, um, really enjoyed that message. This has been a good OBW week for me. Thank you, um, Joe struck a card with me yesterday with his message. And Brother Mike, you you struck another card um, this evening. I wish, I really wish people would get what you were what you were saying yeah. because I can have faith and I know God is able and and I and you know I believe that He's going to do it. But sometimes what I want to happen doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that chips away at my faith, mm-hmm. you know, like, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. But trust is trust takes you a step further. Trust, trust that that word means confidence. It means boldness. And when you get to a point where you're bold and confident, it doesn't matter. The outcome doesn't matter anymore. Uh, the best example, you know, faith, faith may have gotten me there, but my trials, my tribulations enable me to trust. And when I trust, mm. I'm not asking God what to do. I'm not asking God to deliver me. It doesn't matter whether he delivers me or not. That's trust. And mm. an example of that would be Peter in First Peter 1 and 14, when Peter, it had been revealed to him that he was going to die, yeah. period. Mm. Mm. But this was not the same Peter that that was afraid to die. This Peter said, I'm shortly, I'm going to have to put off this tabernacle, but he wasn't worried about that anymore. He Mm -hmm. trusted God. If he died, he was going home to be with him. All he was worried about is that I want to stir up the pure minds that are Mm -hmm. in you by way of remembrance. That's, that was his goal. That's trust. That means these natural situations and circumstances don't matter. Another example of it would be the three Hebrew boys. They told the king, our mm-hmm. God is able, able. and he Amen. will deliver us. That's faith. Right. Mm-hmm. But trust is, even if he doesn't deliver Ooh. us, we're still not going to change. Mm-hmm. You right. see that there's a difference. When I trust God, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's his will. Whatever happens to me, as long as I trust God, I know I'm going to be okay. I'm not, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, we have a tendency to want to pray and tell God what to do. <laughs> and that don't mean you don't have faith. Yeah. But when you trust him, it doesn't matter. I don't need to tell him because if I'm sick, I'm going to praise him. If I'm well, I'm going to praise. Anybody can praise God when they're well mm-hmm. and right. have faith. But Amen. trust says it doesn't matter whether I'm well. It doesn't matter if I'm sick. I'm going to praise him. He knows mm-hmm. my uprisings, my down sitting. He will deliver me. He's able to deliver me. As them three Hebrew boys said, but even if he doesn't deliver me, I'm not bending. And, and, mm-hmm. and that uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, you bringing, bringing that up because it's one that, that it doesn't happen overnight. Nothing yeah. happens overnight. Yeah. We aspire to. I want to get to, if we think about how often we pray, and, and, and we pray believing. You wouldn't be praying if you didn't believe. That's faith. But I want to aspire to the point, I don't need to ask God for deliverance. I just need to pray that I go out and I do his will. Wasn't that what Paul was saying? I've got to follow after mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. matter what happens to me. Right. I'm, I'm forgetting what's behind and I'm reaching for what's before. I'm not perfect yet, perfect yet, but I will be. And that's all my joy and salvation. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. Amen. Thank you, brother. I'm going to have to sign off. I got another call.
But I really enjoyed it. Thanks for being on with us, Brother John Wallace. Thank you, brother. Here, brother John. Thank you. God bless God all bless of you. Bless you. Uh, I guess Uncle uh, Brother Mike. Uh, yeah, it's Dad. Dad, go right ahead. Man, Dad. Ahead, that's Dad. A t- that is a tough act to follow right there. I'll tell you what. You can do it. Do you trust God? God I do. I trust. I tr- I don't trust me. <clears throat> and the times that I have, I've always let myself down. Uh, but thank you, Brother Mike, like Brother John Wall said, for making the distinction between faith and trust. I do think that both words are connected. Yes. Uh, they're not separate, so much separate as they are interconnected. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like faith and hope. You know, uh, one is based on the other. And uh, if you have one, you're going to have the other. But uh, if you don't have the one, you won't. If you don't have faith, you won't have hope. So mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> looking at trust, I always think about that. Fr- you know, expression we hear from time to time. I'm putting myself into your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't do something, but you can do what I need to have done. And so I believe I trust that you will do what you say you will do. And so I'm going to go on with my life in that trust. Uh, I had to think, I thought about what those two men on the road to Emmaus said to the Lord, though. Yeah. You know, we trusted that he was the one. Oh. Yeah, we trust. And who were they saying that to? They were saying that to the one they trusted in. (laughs) They didn't even know that he was him. But they trusted. Let me see if I got it right here. 24. He says, well, the Lord says, why are you so sad? You yeah. know, and they said, you know, we trusted that it had been he which would have should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And he talks about there's even rumors that he's been raised from the dead, but they their trust was demolished. Yeah. Yeah. But here he was all along uh, right there. And uh uh, one last thing, I'll say this. I, I'm a word guy. I love words. I love to look up the meaning of words, in even in the Hebrew and the Greek. And I've got this program that I think I talk. It, it, it gives the pictogram of the ancient Hebrew words that are used in the Bible. And the, the word, um, I think, is pronounced batak in Hebrew. Yeah. And the pictogram... It's it's kind of interesting. It is a, a fundamental part of the word melon, M-E-L-O-N, like a cantaloupe or a watermelon. And I thought, how could trust, how could you ever get the word trust out of a you know, out of that? Well, I look back up and the, uh, the root meaning of that word is to cling. And I thought, well, what does a melon do? It clings to the vine, to to the root, to the source of its nourishment. And uh, that's what trust is for us. That's right, to the Lord. Yeah, we cling to him. It's Our hope is right. an anchor of the soul. It enters into that within the veil. And we, again, I thought, I thought like this, what if we've been wrong all along? I'm not saying I believe we're right. But what if we're wrong about salvation by grace? What if we're wrong? What if it isn't salvation by grace? What if it is based upon what we do? That there is going to be a, a judgment where our deeds are going to be uh, portrayed before us and, and we're going to be weighed in the balances and 
undoubtedly for many of us found wanting, I think all of us. What if we're wrong? What if it isn't salvation by grace? Hmm. Could we be wrong? I mean, I've been wrong on things before, but I tell you what, I have put a lot of trust in the fact that the Bible does teach salvation by grace, mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is the, he is the one that finished the work. And I think about what Paul told Timothy, I know whom I have believed. That's right. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed. I think that is another way of saying trust. Yeah. unto him against that day. You know, there's a fiduciary uh, uh, trust that we hear about. And if you have a financial advisor, you you you, you have a fiduciary, uh, he has a fiduciary responsibility to you. And it's legal, legally binding. If he messes up with your stuff, he's, he's held accountable. But you put your trust in a man or woman, whoever it is, or a firm, that you are convinced will do what's right with your investments, your retirement, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and that's a lot of trust, to, to because we're talking about what you're going to have to live on for the rest of your life. In yeah. our case, Brother Mike, with, with us being retired, uh, we we have a trust in the Lord that ex- his the confidence I have in Him exceeds even the most capable financial planner, of course the most yes. honest, the most dependable. This is a man whose our lives are committed to him. Uh, we didn't commit him, of course, but we are trusting. We trust that what the Bible says about him is true. Mm-hmm. And we trust that what the, that he did do exactly what the Bible said and that we are, invo- we are included in that graciously. Trust is a powerful thing, man. It is powerful. Um, uh, I really, I don't know, guys. What do you what do you think about with those two men on the road to Emmaus? What do you think? We trusted, but we trusted. What mm. happened to those guys where they got to that? They they were disciples, but they lost their trust there for a little while. Yeah. Should they have? I mean, were they wrong to have said what they said? I mean, the Lord got onto them, bringing oh fools of heart, slow to believe all that the prophets mm. have said. Um, we should never doubt the Lord. No, but we do. And I think about Jeremiah seventeen five says, "Cursed is the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm." Mm-hmm. And then a few verses down it says, "But blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, and and in whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be like a tree planted by the, the rivers of water. But the one that puts his trust in man is going to be like the heath in the desert, and w- cannot." See when good cometh. But the one that trusts in the Lord, he shall be like the tree that will not see when heat cometh. Yeah. And trust is a powerful thing for us. We 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 dally with it at our at our potential harm in in our ability to get about our lives because we could be paralyzed by fear if our if we question our trust in the Lord. And uh I don't know if I'm making any sense, so I'll just stop talking. But thank you for bringing that wonderful message to us, Brother Mike. And I'm no, sorry, Brother Mark Rao had to drop something from from the office came up that he couldn't get out of, and okay. he would have ended the session so much better than what I've just. He would have. But thank up. you, Brother Mike. Yeah, appreciate it. appreciate all.
that you brethren have said. You, brother Mike, thank you. I needed it. I did too. You know, um, the Apostle Paul says, for I am persuaded. He uses that term quite yeah. often. Persuaded. It's a very strong word. <clears throat> a strong word. So he had a he was convinced, but he said that neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present nor things to come. Height, depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's powerful. It is powerful. And there's a lot of trust in that in there. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. That's a verse in the song we sing. Somebody, I say, somebody needs to write a song with with those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, really, they should make a great hymnal. But but that verse is so, and the one you read from 8th chapter Romans mm-hmm. are so powerful to me. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I mean, everything that Saul of Tarsus trusted in was blown away, wasn't it, on that road to Damascus? It was all in man. It was all in himself. It was all in what he was trusting in, he later called dung, you know? Yeah. 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 He did. But for the while, it was the most important thing, and he had total confidence in it. And and it it did nothing but cause grief for people. And I, I wonder how many times, because we put our confidence in the wrong man or the wrong woman or the wrong institution, yeah. we've yeah. gone on to make serious trouble for people that we shouldn't have, and, yeah. and certainly for ourselves. Exactly. But yeah. to put your confidence in the Lord is always the right thing to do. Always, always the right thing. Amen. Like you said, Peter sure found that out the hard way. <clears throat> when he got that on that on that sea, mm-hmm. he was looking to the Lord. But we we walk by faith. I, I appreciate you bringing that out uh, from the second second Corinthians chapter four. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. That's right. I think faith now, gives us a how, better view of things than sight. How, how do you see that? In terms of the eye of faith, the eye of faith. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I've I've wondered this. I know time is of the essence. Okay, uh, but um, faith. There's a there is something about faith that approximates each of our five natural senses. Yeah, I can you know the ear of faith, the eye of faith. Uh, we yeah. we touch by you know we touch. Uh, we can taste. Um, probably smell I, I haven't figured that one out but you know it but i think it's paul paul thought faith was a better way of seeing it was a superior way of seeing god than the natural senses um you know man by nature can see this the heavens and and should be able to see in the stars the story mm-hmm. of redemption yeah. yeah but he doesn't um because he does first of all he doesn't want to he doesn't he doesn't love God. He doesn't care for God. Yeah. I didn't answer your question, probably, but that's no, that, that's good. Yeah, that's right. so we'll talk good. some more on that later. Sometime. Yeah. yeah. And, and we will we will be at a full complement next Wednesday, won't we? Yes, we will. Now they are dropping like flies tonight. Uh, I know. It's just it's just us. I mean to tell you. Three Montgomery's and a, and a Hughes. Yeah, thank, thank yes. the Lord that Brother Mike was on. It would have been yeah, you know, so uh, cattywampus with just the three of us. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
You got a raw deal. You got left with three Montgomery's. No. I tell you what, if everybody listens, you know, seriously to what Brother Mike said tonight, it's like Brother John Wall said. I'm saying, Amen. Yeah. It 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 provides an answer for so many things to the ills of life that we we face today. Is to trust in the Lord. I think trust in the Lord and do good. Um, I'm just saying, I you know I've I've heard a lot of sermons on faith. I've heard a lot of sermons on hope. I don't know if I've ever heard anything on trust. I don't think I have either. And that may be the first sermon I, I've heard on trust. Uh, and it, you have the Lord through you, uh, Brother Mike, opened a lot of stuff in my mind that that man, I'm gonna. I this is good meditation ground. Yeah, I'm, I, I love this subject. I'm. And the more I think about it, the more I love it. I pray yeah. that he gives you, brethren, you know, uh, maybe unction of the spirit to continue in it, because I'd like to hear what your thoughts would be on it, you know? Well, I'm like David. I'm, I'm thinking, man, there's... I'm going to study on it. I'll, I'll be a person. How powerful that word is to our... Trust. And like, and like what you said, uh, Mike, about, you know, you know, fiduciary trust, you know, yeah. Yeah. trust... Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, that's a word we see every day. Yes. Right. And don't really think about it. But you're putting your whole retirement in this thing, right? That's right. Your or you, you go to a bank and put your money in the bank. Yeah. You're yeah. expecting them to protect your money. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you and I know of a brother that put his whole life savings Ooh, yeah. in a place where he shouldn't have trusted. Mm-hmm. And he lost big time. Lost, and it it literally brought him to a heart attack. I think it, it is his death. An untimely grave, in my opinion. Yeah, it did. He yeah. he was uh, convinced because yeah, it was not protected by the FDIC. But it got a higher interest rate. And a higher interest rate. But it wasn't guaranteed or insured. And when that <clears throat> uh, savings loan crisis hit, ooh, whoa! I think he got. 10 cents on the dollar. If, if, if that. that, if that. And we're talking a lot of money. Gosh, oh, man, he was a, he was a good brother. And his wife though, she lost money too. And, but she, she had a better, she was thinking, you know, the Lord will take care of me. I'll be all right. Exactly. <laughs> what trust, what in that brother obsessed about that. And I think it led to some time. I do. Yeah. I do. He preaches for you. Well, we put a lot, we put our lives in doctors' hands, like Brother yeah. Mike. We right. put, like yeah. you did, Dave. I mean, you put your hands in. I mean, what, why would you put your life in the hands of someone you don't even know? Well, you just have, you, you do your research like Brother Mike does, you ask your questions, and then you just say, I'm in your hands, and God, that, God go with you. <laughs> you know, that's where you, you get to. I mean, when I had the bypass surgery, I told, my cardio doc, I said, well, he said, you're going to have to have surgery. And I said, okay, well, get me the best surgeon. <laughs> so he sends this guy in that looks like a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> he Doesn't look hands. very nimble with his fingers, I guess. <laughs> he had huge hands. And I'm thinking, he starts talking to me, we're going to do three, we may do four, and I'm going to do this and do that. And I'm thinking, how are you going to get those big old fat fingers <laughs> down in my heart? You know? <laughs> Oh, he must have done a good job, though. He did a good job. I don't, I don't. Boy, I'm thankful to the Lord that He sent him. You know? Well, it was a line. It was a lineman on the Green Bay Packers, Jerry Kramer, which 
enable the quarterback sneak. Yeah, the ice. That. That's that's a bad. I remember that me. one. The ice I, bowl. I hate. I, oh man. Did you guys watch that? I, I remember. Oh, I remember like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I remember we. <laughs> dates us, didn't it? Pretty bad. I was uh, in high school anyway. I don't know about you guys. I was, yeah. I was still in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was in the second, third, fifth grade. I went to my mother's womb, you know. <laughs> you didn't leave for joy, world. did you? Yeah, I was going to leave you for joy. I think that was the first game I remember bringing that, that flamethrower out on the field. You know, <laughs> the <ice>. Right. <laughs> So they they it, it was the ice bowl. It's what they called yeah. the ice bowl. Yeah, really. Ice, yeah. I mean, they couldn't get their cleats in. They no, could. no, they could. No. Yeah. It was seventeen below zero. It yeah. was bad. Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. How Man. far we've gone from the Cat. from the sublime to the ridiculous? Well, and <laughs> and how far past time have we gone? And how far past time have we gone? Sorry, dear folks. Please. Uh, so, uh, thank you all so much for joining us uh, tonight on our uh, spiritual discussion on the ice bowl. And, uh, <laughs> and Who are you going to trust? Hubba, we also hubba. apologize for the technical issues tonight. Uh, there, uh-huh. there was there were there there were quite a few during the broadcast. We hope you still managed to to get some from it. So, uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, we're going to ask. Uh, Dave, to lead us in a word of prayer. Hey, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the message we've heard tonight. It has encouraged me more than I can express. Thank you for blessing Elder Mike mm-hmm. preach this to us. Thank you for his faith and his dedication to thee. Thank you that you have blessed him through the surgery and to have recovery. We pray that you bless him in this recovery. And may he preach for us many, many years. Lord, anoint his life with joy and happiness. Fill his life with that spirit, we pray. Lord, thank you so much for gifts like him. Thank you for this opportunity to fellowship on the greatest thing in the world. Uh, thy son, thy gospel, thy church, the doctrines and the things that pertain unto it. Thank you for the, those who participated. Thank you for every listener. Lord, I pray that it would save lives in a way uh, that they would be blessed. Father, thank you so much for all thy blessings. That too numerous to count and so many we don't even know about. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. 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 <laughs> and with that, we'll say good night. Good night. Good night, Brad. Love you.